I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Posada Therapeutics is leveraging its set of platform technologies to develop a range of next-generation cell and gene therapies. By using these technologies alone or in combination, the company said it's able to overcome limitations of the current generation of cell and gene therapies. The company's most advanced candidates in its pipeline include a set of allogenic CAR-T therapies. We spoke to Mark Gergen. CEO of Poseida, about the company's efforts to develop off-the-shelf CAR-T therapies, its platform technologies, and why it believes its CAR-T cells will provide advantages over competitors' therapies. Mark, thanks for joining us. Hey, Danny. Thanks for having me on the podcast today. We're going to talk about Poseida, its cell and gene therapy work, and what's ahead for the company. We featured Eric Ostertag on our sister podcast, Rarecast, about a year ago and focused on the company's platform technologies and, in particular, its work on gene therapy. I encourage listeners who are interested to go into the Rarecast archives and listen to that. In February, Eric took on the role of executive chairman, and you were named CEO. You've worked with Eric both as CFO and Chief Business Officer. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of continuity, but what's different? What does this change signal and how might your focus as CEO evolve with the company's needs and growth? Yeah, great. Thanks, Danny. Uh, You know, I would say not a lot has changed. I think that this is a natural evolution for Eric and I really looking on leverage in both of our strengths. So as you know, Eric was a scientific founder and uh, previously CEO. So this move is really to focus back uh, Eric's attention on innovation and on the science and get him out of the day-to-day of sort of running a public company. Uh, You know, that's something I have done for years. So it's sort of a natural split of activities between us. So Eric will continue to be involved in the science and probably business development and some select investor interactions, but I'll take on more of the lead of the day-to-day of operating and building the company. So, you know, the partnership between Eric and I, which has been very productive, will continue. And, uh, you know, we're just kind of looking forward to the next uh, phase of growth in the company. Poseida has a rich set of platform technologies it's using to develop gene and cell therapies. For this discussion, I'd like to focus on the work you're doing to develop allogenic CAR-T therapies. You've got two allogenic CAR-T therapies in the clinic and and several preclinical programs. Perhaps you could begin by explaining what stem cell memory T cells are. Uh, Sure. So when we think about CAR-T or other cell-based therapies, I mean, one of the things you need to think about initially is which cell type are you going to use to create those therapies? So, you know, there are multiple cell types to choose from. We've chosen T cells and we've chosen T cells because the T cell is really, I would say, the powerhouse of the human immune system. And so from our perspective, the T cell is the best killer. It's the best cell to use to create a therapeutic to attack cancer. Now, within the T-cell subsets, 
uh, you know, there are a number of different cell types or T cell subtypes that um, start with a very stem-like product. So that's the earliest T cell. We call that the T stem cell memory T cell. And then from that T cell, other cell types are created. So whether that's a central memory, effector memory, or effector T cells, which actually do the killing. And so the T stem cell memory is the cell that really can engraft and last a lifetime. So if you think about it, if as a child, you get exposed to yellow fever and 30 years later, you get exposed again, it's that T stem cell memory cell that has the memory and will reemerge to fight the cancer. So when you're looking for a cell to base a cell-based therapy on, the T stem cell it, you know, is really the ideal cell because it would go in and graft, presumably last for a long, long time to be there to continue to fight off or surveil uh, in the case of cancer would relapse. I take it there are additional advantages to these cells with regards to treating solid tumors. Why have solid tumors been challenging for CAR-T therapies and what makes this a better approach for building a CAR-T therapy to treat them? Yeah, there's a lot of theories out there about why solid tumors have uh, been harder to attack with cell-based therapies. I, I think, you know, maybe the converse of that is that liquid tumors are easier to attack because the tumor cells are actually right there in the blood, right? And so your CAR-T therapy can access the cancer cells relatively easier. In the case of solid tumors, there's a lot of factors. I mean, solid tumors can be bigger and denser in mass. Uh, the solid tumor microenvironment can be more complex. So there's a lot of reasons why it may be harder for a product to get to those cells and kill off a solid tumor uh, as opposed to a liquid tumor. The benefit we think of the TSCM uh, phenotype in these solid tumors is that if these cells, as we believe, go in and graft in the marrow, they can create wave after wave of cell. So if you're using a more differentiated product, a more T effector-like product, your cells will go in there, kill tumor for maybe a couple of weeks, and then those cells die off. The beauty of the stem cell memory T cell is it would engraft and just create wave after wave of cells. So you can think about it as you know, chipping away at that tumor and just creating wave after wave of cells that will continue to attack the tumor until it's eliminated. So we recently had some interesting data in prostate cancer and our PSMA auto prostate cancer trial, where we've really shown probably some of the most profound and probably the biggest data set showing CAR-T can be effective in solid tumors. And we think it's because of the stem cell memory uh, phenotype product. Rather than talk about your platform technologies in abstract terms, I'd like you to walk me through how Posada uses its platform to develop CAR-T therapies. What's the process and what's, what different technologies are you using? What do they allow you to do? Uh, yeah, great. So for a, you know, let's focus the conversation today on the allogeneic therapy. So in, in the allogeneic CAR-T, we are talking about using cells derived from a healthy donor. So typically these are younger, healthier, um, you know, adults. Uh, and so their T cells are younger, healthier. So what we first do is we take an apheresis or a blood sample from that patient. We sort out the T cells from that patient's uh, donation. And then we select those, just those T cells and apply our technologies. And there's, there's two technologies that we use predominantly for the Allocar-T product. The first is our piggyback gene insertion technology. And that's the technology that we use to insert the CAR into those cells to obviously target them to the cancer. 
The other technology is our cast clover gene editing. If you're doing an aloe product that you want to give to many patients, you have to eliminate the aloe reactivity. So we use our cast clover technology to do two edits in those cells to eliminate the TCR and to eliminate uh, the MHC1 complex, which eliminates beta-2 microglobulin. So that will presumably make those products aloe so you can give it to many patients. Now, the beauty of both those technologies and why we think we have an advantage is that they both work very well in resting T cells. And that becomes important if you're trying to preserve that early stem cell memory phenotype. You don't want to use technologies like virus where you have to activate your cells because if you're activating your cells, they're starting to differentiate and become uh, a more mature and exhausted product. And then finally, we came up with a technology called a booster molecule that during manufacturing, we apply that booster molecule to allow us to expand those cells to very large numbers without changing their phenotype. And again, that's very important. We are, we are highly fixated on preserving that stem cell memory phenotype uh, and think that our technologies, including the booster molecule, as well as piggyback and cast clover are uniquely suited to do that. Because we can do that, we can generate literally tens of billions of cells from a single manufacturing run, which translates into you know, up to hundreds of doses, if not more, uh, making it a very affordable uh, therapy that would be more broadly uh, you know, applicable to the commercial landscape. So pretty excited about that. You're also developing dual or multi-car therapies. This is something your piggyback technology enables. How does this work and what's the potential here for developing more effective cell therapies? Uh, yeah, great question. Yes, piggyback has broad, much broader cargo capacity than uh, viral technology, for example. So in our dual therapies, at least the current dual therapies on our pipeline, we're including two different targets. So for example, in our CD19, CD20 allo program, we have a car there that will attack a cell that is either expressing CD20 or expressing CD19. And so in some indications like B-cell malignancies, that becomes important because some patients may have one or not the other, or they may lose expression of one. Longer term, and I think in solid tumors, this is gonna become a real benefit of our technology. In some of these cellular tumors, there's not gonna be a single target that easily allows you to target that cancer. You may need two, you may need three, you may need to combine a CAR with a T-cell receptor or a TCR to really have efficacy. And then longer term, you know, the broad cargo capacity of piggyback allows us to think about doing things like if a cell expresses a and B, but not C, we could actually do that kind of logic gating and come up with a more sophisticated therapy. So a lot of flexibility that, you know, older technologies like virus are just not going to be able to do because they can't fit more than one car, you know, into those uh, constructs that they're inserting in the cells. So a big advantage for us. Passat is not alone in developing off-the-shelf CAR-T therapies. How do you see your technology differentiating your cell therapies from others seeking to do the same? A couple of things there. I would say the number one thing goes back to the stem cell memory phenotype and our, our focus on that. We think that's key. We think it's the ideal cell type. And we think our technologies are uniquely suited to creating those T stem cell memory products. You know, there are other cell types that people are using. So some people use NK cells or gamma delta cells. 
But the reality goes back to what I mentioned at the outset is the T cell is really the best killer of the immune system. Now they are a little finicky, they're a little harder to work with, but if you can figure out how to work with them, which we think we have, we think it's the ideal cell type. So the combination of the technology really allowing us to work with T cells and just I think the ideal nature of the T stem cell memory cell itself uh, is really I think gonna give us the advantage. Your first allergenic CAR T is in development for multiple myeloma. For listeners not familiar with multiple myeloma, what is it and how does it manifest itself and progress? Sure. So multiple myeloma is essentially a cancer of the plasma cells. And so the plasma cells often resident in the bone marrow, but also the blood. Uh, so it is, I would say, a indication that's not quite a solid tumor, but because of the bone marrow component, it's not quite a liquid tumor either, like leukemia or some of the bloodborne cancers. So it, it manifests itself in many ways. I mean, often it emerges because of the marrow component with bone pain or things like that. Um, and so a lot of different clinical manifestations uh, of it, you know, it is a very prevalent disease, still has a very high unmet need. Um, but it does progress. And there are some therapies that treat it. Often in CAR-T, we get patients that have already been through four or five, six rounds of therapy, including targeted therapies, chemotherapies, and the like. So um, lots, of, uh, lots of treatments out there, but still a huge unmet need. So, so we're pretty excited about the results we saw in the auto program and even more excited about our ALO program for multiple myeloma. And how is it generally treated today? And what's the prognosis for patients with the condition? Yeah, the prognosis is not good. And, and as I alluded to, it's treated today with a whole range of things. I mean, there are some targeted therapies, antibodies. They do use immunotherapy, uh, chemotherapy usually later. Uh, it can be treated with a stem cell transplant, but that comes with risks of its own. And it's not always available to have a matching donor. Uh, so there's lots of therapies you know, outcomes are not good. Five-year survival is still well south of 50% for advanced relapse refractory multiple myeloma. So still, a, you know, a significant unmet need. And we've seen, even in our auto program, some remarkable responses. Uh, we had a patient in our very first cohort of uh, patients who is still, you know, almost four years in a response, which is really, really remarkable for this disease. And so, you know, we're excited about that. We actually think our allo version is going to be better uh, than our auto version. So, you know, stay tuned for more data here in the second half of the year. It's going to be exciting. Now, what is PBCMA allo one and, and how does it work? You know, so PBCMA allo one is our allogeneic CAR-T for targeting multiple myeloma. So multiple myeloma express a marker called BCMA, which is B-cell maturation antigen. Uh, and so that's a very, what I would call clean target. Uh, so pretty much all multiple myeloma cells express that target. So our program is targeting that specific antigen. Uh, you know, we're pretty excited about it. We know from our auto work, we know from others auto work that it's a good target uh, in terms of how to direct these T cells to kill the cancer. And so again, because our LO program is starting with healthier cells, uh, we've actually improved the binder for our LO program over the auto program. Uh, so we think we're going to see some pretty exciting results coming out of that. And again, data coming out of that program uh, later this year. Well, what's known about it from studies that have been done to date? Well, again, the clinical studies are just starting, but we know a lot about BCMA from our autologous work and from others. 
and we know from our preclinical work that our allo BCMA program is even better. Uh, it's better for a couple of reasons. I already mentioned it has an improved binder. Uh, one of the benefits of starting from auto before moving to allo is that we learned a lot along the way. So our allo program has an improved binder. Our allo program has some improved process developments that we learned from auto. Um, and so overall, you know, just a much stronger product. Would also say that our ALO program, because we're starting with healthy donors, has a much higher percentage of these stem cell memory cells. Uh, our better donors in our ALO program are 50 to 80% stem cell memory in the final product. And I will just tell you that compares to the best data we've ever seen from anyone else is about six to 7% stem cell memory. And that's because of the technology. So we really think uh, the preclinical data shows that this is an amazing product, and we think that's going to translate into the clinic. You have a second allergenic CAR T in development. This is in development for solid tumors. Have you identified the indications you're pursuing? Uh, we have to a degree. We are starting that trial. This is the PMUC1C ALO program. So MUC1C is an interesting target. It's a cancer-specific target that basically exists on any epithelial-derived uh, solid tumor. And that is a very, very long list. Most of our preclinical data is in uh, breast cancer and ovarian cancer. So we're going to focus there, but the trial is actually a basket trial that would allow us to take any tumor type that has MUC1C expression. So, you know, we're going to see obviously a lot of uh, probably breast and ovarian cancer patients early on, but we hope to see some others because MUC1C is also expressed on some solid tumors that have very, very high unmet need like pancreatic cancer, liver cancer, and others. And so, you know, lots of opportunity for that drug and very, very excited about that. By the way, this program is the first program we're wholly manufacturing in our GMP manufacturing facility here in San Diego. So we're excited about that as well. And from the preclinical studies, what, what do you know about this from date? From the preclinical studies, again, we know it's very active across all, many, many forms, I shouldn't say all, many, many forms of solid tumors. Uh, and interestingly enough, we also know that it is very cancer specific. So it doesn't interact with normal epithelial cells. So we think that that will translate obviously, uh, you know, to a safer product. This product, just like our BCMA Allo product, has a high percentage of stem cell memory as well. You know, the preclinical data is pretty astounding. Very, very profound elimination of tumors and all the animal models at very, very low doses. Again, we learned from our BCMA program that we chose a binder here that we know is highly specific and, and highly potent. So here again, data on this uh, from the clinical trial a little bit later this year. So look forward to that. Biotech stocks have been battered. Uh, Poseidon is no different in that regard. It's off its 52-week high of nearly 13. It's trading around $5 now. What are the concerns you're hearing from investors, and how does the current environment change the way you think about raising capital or spending what you've got? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting time. I would say those of us that have been around a while have seen poor markets in the biotech space. It's always been cyclical. Uh, I would say the current market is not just poor, it's almost irrational, but you know, this too shall pass. So what it does for us and others, I mean, we need to be highly focused. We're highly prioritizing those programs that are gonna get us to inflection points and in data. You may have saw we announced, and I think I mentioned earlier in the podcast that we 
pushed off the IND for our first dual program into early next year from this year. That wasn't because of any challenges with the program. That was purely a prioritization uh, exercise. So it also you know, causes us to be more thoughtful about how we raise money. I think at Poseida, we've got a lot of advantages because we have very, very broad platform technology that can allow us to do things like strategic partnerships. We announced a, our first strategic partnership with Takeda just in October. That can bring in non-dilutive capital. It could also offset R&D expense. So strategic partnering and deals is going to be part of our future as we you know, look to leverage the breadth of the technology you know, and really allow us to keep moving because uh, lots and lots of uh, patients that are waiting for better therapies. And, and really, that's what makes us passionate. And that's our focus. Mark Gergen, CEO of Besida. Mark, thanks so much for your time today. Danny, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send an email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.